We have a special guest with us tonight that I am truly, truly honored to present to you tonight. And I just, I, I want to read a proper introduction so I make sure I don't mess this all up for our guest speaker tonight. But I'm, I'm proud uh, to introduce to you uh, a lady that's here by the name of, a, of Anoush Bullock. She is from the former Soviet Union, and though she was born in Persia to an Armenian Christian family, as a young girl, she heard the gospel from her godly grandmother and eagerly accepted Jesus as her Savior. Anoush ultimately fell in love with the American missionaries that, were, who were, uh, that she met while she was ministering in her country. A deep desire came to uh, a deep desire came to America. Followed, and um, Anoush began to pray specifically to marry an American minister with blue eyes and blonde hair, and travels the world to share the gospel together. Now that's being specific, right? And it happened too, by the way. Despite often difficult and dangerous situation in the countries that persecute believers. Anoush never wavered in her faith for miracles. Anoush quickly developed a burning desire to serve God. But her dreams were shattered when her father moved the entire family to their homeland, Russia, an atheistic, communist country where Christians were routinely persecuted for their faith. But even during many years under the dark shadow of the Iron Curtain, Anoush held fast to her faith and became extremely active in the underground church, leading many of her college professors and college students to Christ into a deep, abiding faith in the Lord. God answered her lifelong dream when in November 14th of 76, she married Alan Bullock, a minister from Southern California. He will be with us in two weeks, uh, by the way, as well. Anoush went on to graduate from a university in the Soviet Union with a Bachelor of Arts degree in linguistics and was an active member of the underground church where she was a strong witness for Christ. While living in the Armenia USSR, she both, exper she both experienced and witnessed incredible miracles. Today, Anoush and her husband Alan travel across America and abroad, ministering in churches, mission conventions, retreats, and various other Christian events. With the, with the relevant faith-building preaching of her husband and Anusha's personal testimonial experiences as part of the persecuted underground church in the former Soviet Union, they have encouraged the body of Christ for over 30 years. In her testimony, Anusha shares her vivid stories of walking miles in the bitter cold to worship God on a mountain with other Christians. Often through tears, she relates how Bibles and Christian literatures were so rare that she would tear out pages of her personal Bible so that others could read and learn about Jesus. Above all, Anoush is a living testimony to the faithfulness of God. In addition to the Soviet Union, Anoush was, uh, has also felt the sting of religious persecution in the Middle East where her own brother-in-law, who was the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, had died a martyr's death. Anoush aspires gratitude when she... Uh, reminds her audience, her audiences not to take their many freedoms for granted, particularly in a time when so many Christians in other countries are dying for their faith. Anusha and her husband, Dr. Alan Bullock, have two grown children and reside here in North Texas. 
The Bullocks have appeared on the 700 Club, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and the Daystar Television Network, and on numerous radio and television programs around the nation. Anoush continues to travel worldwide, sharing her amazing testimony. So we have the privilege tonight of listening to this great woman of God. Dr. Allen was supposed to be here tonight sharing, but at the last moment, because of some medication, he got sick, and so she is standing in his stead. She was supposed to speak two weeks tonight, but there must be a purpose for you to be here tonight, Anoush. So will you put your hands together and help me welcome Anoush Bullock. I appreciate that so very much. Thank you so much. Good evening, everybody. It is an honor to be in this great church on Wednesday night service, especially speaking in front of Pastor Des and Sister Mary, Pastor Todd, and all the pastoral staff in this great church. What an honor and humbled and very, very honored to be here. Again, my husband was sorry he was not able to be with us tonight, but God says be in season and out of season, always ready to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I apologize for this broken English because English is my third language. So I'm going to teach you three words in my first language, Armenian, that is spoken in the former Soviet Republic of Armenia. The words are God is good. It is Astavat, Pari, Eh. Excellent. Give yourselves a hand for doing such a great job. I'm going to share my testimony tonight also in extension. But uh, anyhow, the first deep south state that we moved in America that I love so very much was called the state of Alabama. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine told me, they said, Anush, Alabama is like a foreign country. They said Alabamians have their own language. Alabamians have their own culture. They said, you better learn their language so that they will not call you a Yankee. I said, I don't want to be called a Yankee. So this good friend gave me a piece of paper that says how to adapt through Southern culture with four easy steps. Number one, learn to acquire greens of all kinds. That is, of course, turnip, that is mustard, that is colored, and also grits, block, peas, and cornbread. I love the cornbread, and the more the oil drips from the cornbread, the better I like it. Though my cholesterol is about 277 points. Number two, serve ham and block IPs for New Year's Day dinner because it's a southern tradition. I am still cooking our food. Our food is like rice, pilaf, stuffed grape leaves, lamb, pilashki, and we have a very popular soup in the whole former Soviet Union that is called borsh. Has anybody heard or eaten our food? Anybody at all? Good, I feel right at home here. <laughs> Number three, call the last meal of the day, supper and not dinner. I'm a slow learner and I'm still confusing between these two words. Number four, become familiar with the following words and expressions. Hey, that means a greeting used instead of hi. Y'all, like how are y'all, that is short for you all. Do I sound like real Texan? Thank you very much. Proud as punch means very proud. Someday go meeting clothes, that is, church clothes or your best clothes. 
Wachemakalit. Wachemakalit is a forgotten name for something. <laughs> I remember that the first time we arrived to Alabama, I went to a grocery store, and the name of the grocery store was Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest name for a grocery store. And she forgot, said, oh, she said, what is the name of that item? What shall I call it? I said, hey, I have just learned that word. And I was so excited that I understood what the word meant. I thought I must be a true southerner now. <laughs> I'm sure you are saying not hardly. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a coon's age. That means it has been a long time since we have seen each other. I reckon means, I guess, I'll be there directly. That means just a minute. I declare that's an expression of surprise. And the last one, I am fixing to. <laughs> no, nothing is broken. That just means I am going to or getting ready to do something. <laughs> Anybody use any of these words? God bless you. I love the deep southern cooking. We have been in Texas for about 11 years. I've fallen in love with the southern cooking, the fried chicken, the fried okra, the cornbread, the Texas barbecue. I have gained alone in this state about 15 pounds and plus more. I've been praying, oh God, please, if you cannot make me thin, at least help my husband, my friends gain weight. <laughs> of course, it's not working because I'm Armenian. We love bread. Even the pizza, we eat with the bread. But praise God, if you love Jesus, give the praise offering this house tonight. As I was praying what to share along with my testimony tonight, I believe the Lord put in my heart the title of the message is, How We Can Live Victoriously Under the Pressures of Life. How many of you the last year or the last month or the last few weeks or days or hours have faced some kind of difficulty, problem, suffering, discouragement, bump on the road, stress, or any, anything in your life that was not pleasant to, fa to face anybody else besides myself. I feel right at home here. So we are going to read in that case from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, starting verse 1. You are welcome to listen to me or just open your, up your Bibles and follow me from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1. I just want to mention how much I enjoyed the praise and worship and how much Pastor Todd took to just invite the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in this place. Again, it's an honor to be here. And I thank also Pastor Dan for this honor for giving me to speak tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's wear our glasses together if you have one. Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, you can insert your name right there. He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass to the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass to the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Thank you, God, for this awesome 
sweet presence in this sanctuary tonight. I pray, Lord, please anoint my lips, God. Please anoint my vocal cords. Let every word go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. Open our hearts. Open our ears to receive from you. Stir our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody who loves God with an unfailing love said, Amen. We live in an age of tremendous advanced technology and power. We have a lot of things. We can do a lot of things. And we can control a lot of things. America occupies 6% of the world's population. Yet we own and control 50% of the resources. God has blessed this nation. I believe because of our godly principles, our forefathers have founded this country on. Uh, but of course, nowadays, I feel like praying. Oh God, forgive us for pushing you out of our school systems. Forgive us for killing unborn babies and calling freedom of choice, God. Forgive us, God, for polluting the air with profanity and pornography and calling freedom of speech, God. Forgive us, God, for taking your Ten Commandments out of our courthouses. I believe as we fast, as we pray, God will show his mercy because of believers like you and me that stand in the gap. Because we have this promise from Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We have a lot of things. I remember the first time I was in a grocery store during Christmas season. As I entered the Christmas aisle, I could not believe my eyes. I saw the nice Christmas trees, the light blinking here and there and everywhere. I saw the big angels. I saw all those toys. All of a sudden, I saw a nice candy cane that was full of different color M&Ms in it. Has anybody seen that candy cane? You all have it in Super Walmart too. I picked up candy cane. I said, candy cane, you are so beautiful. I have never seen such a pretty candy cane in my life. At that moment, as I was looking at that candy cane, I remembered my own nephew, whose dad died martyr's death in overseas. I thought that little boy has never seen a candy cane right there in that Walmart alley. I said, Daddy God, would you please make a way for this candy cane to travel 20,000 kilometers away and reach to my nephew, Andre. God heard every word in about three months. My little nephew was enjoying every M&M that was in that candy cane. At that moment, as I was enjoying that aisle, I saw a lady that she was pushing her shopping cart. She came, she said, isn't this horrible? She said, that these aisles are stocked up so much, we can hardly move our shopping carts. I said, mom, I said, you're asking the wrong lady that question. I said, mom, I came from a country where the aisles were empty. There were days I used to go to the stores in communist Soviet Union and count everything in the whole store in my two hands. There were days I used to fast and pray for one egg. I used to fast and pray for one pair of size 10 shoes, for top color stockings, for butter, for basic needs. And I have seen how the hand of God has come and met every single need I have had in my life. Because our Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, our Jehovah will always provide. Has the Lord ever provided for any of your needs? If he has, give the praise offering this house tonight.
We have a lot of things. We can do a lot of things. You see, our brain weighs only three pounds, yet we can store 100 trillion bits of information. We can make 15,000 decisions per second. We can smell 10,000 odors at the same time. Every one of you is created by God fearfully and wonderfully. As Psalms 139.14 says, so stop despising yourself the way you look with the family you were born, in the city and county you were born. God has a special divine plan for your life. And in these six billion people in the world, not two people have the same fingerprint. You are special to God. God loves you. And nobody can fulfill the plan that God has specially designed for you. We have a lot of things. We can do a lot of things. We can control a lot of things. You see with the little knob, I'm sure we can control the temperature of this house. We can sit on our couches and control every channel we want to watch or not watch. Of course, you ladies are saying, Sister Anush, I don't know what that channel controller looks like. That belongs to my husband, to my kids, to my grandkids, and anybody else, anybody, all the ladies, if you agree with that, say, very good ladies. By the way, our eyes are the windows of our soul. What you repeatedly expose yourself to will have a mark in our mind, in our imagination, and finally in our character. And character is what you and me impress God with. I don't impress God how many languages I know. You don't impress God how many plaques you have hanging on your walls. We don't impress God how big our homes are or what brand car we drive. You and me impress God how we act, how we treat others, what we entertain in our mind, the places we hang around, both in public and private, when nobody is watching us. Because God is the unseen guest in every conversation and anything we do. But what we cannot have, what nobody can guarantee you, that you never have to face hardship, difficulty, problem, suffering in this world. As a matter of fact, John 16.33 says, in this world, you will have trouble. I wish it would say, in this world, you will have all fun and no hardship whatsoever. But that's not what it says. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. But I sure am glad the verse does not end there. It says, be of good courage. Keep your chin up because I have overcome the world. Praise God. That's why I give our praise offering. That means when, that when we go through hard times, not if, but when we go through hard times, God will be with us. And he will say, do not fear. And I praise God that that fear is there. I heard a story that fear, F-E-A-R, stands for false evidence appearing real. Like the guy that goes to a farmhouse, every so often sees this sign, says, beware of the dog, finally approaches the farmhouse. He, he notices that it's a little chihuahua. We have a big shepherd in our house, you know, so the sh chihuahua, he said, yes, sir, is this the dog that makes people afraid to go to the farmhouse? He said, no, but it's the sign. You see, when you face any kind of hardship, Satan roars like a lion. But when we have God with us, absolutely nothing is impossible with God. And God will be with us no matter what you are going through. Perhaps you are saying, Sister Anush, right now I'm facing a dilemma in my life. Right now I'm at the end of my rope. Right now I don't know if there is any way out in my life. The word for you that God has put tonight to encourage you is, God has not forgotten you. As a, matter of, as a matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, God has not forgotten you. Let's say in my language, Armenian, say, Astavats, Kez, 
Jim Morat said, Excellent, you all are very fantastic uh, language students. Pastor is a very smart congregation. Everybody pronounces really, really good. God has not forgotten you. There are times your best friends forget about you. There are times your family forgets about you. Satan's favorite lie who speaks in a PhD degree and a very distinguished voice that says, oh God even has forgotten you. Look at your background, where you came from. Look the sins you committed 10 years ago. Today you did not read enough. You did not pray enough. You did not fast enough. You see, God has not forgotten you. I remember uh, we were in a different state with another Christian organization. I remember that my husband had to let one staff member to go. And my heart was broken. I thought, oh, I wish he wouldn't do that thing. I mean, that guy would not commit that particular sin that my husband didn't have to let him go. I remember I was uh, about driving four hours to speak in a particular city uh, that for that Sunday morning. As I arrived there, my heart was so heavy. It seems my prayer was hardly going over the ceiling. Has anybody, anybody feel like that at times? Though I've learned that feelings are not always an accurate measuring stick. We live by faith, not by feelings. Anyhow, as I got there, I thought, God, you know, please anoint your word because I just, I'm kind of down today, God. Just help me. Just you talk to me today, God. As I got up there, as I speak, as God, God always is faithful no matter what. When you are prepared, I always say, when you have spent time with God, God's word never comes back void. And you never have to apologize for that. So after I spoke, God helped me a lot. At the end of the service, the pastor's wife, she said, Sister Bullock, she said, you see, about uh, three weeks ago, she said, God put in my heart to have a special uh, meeting, a fellowship after the service. And I felt like asking every family to bring you a little gift. I thought, wow. I entered the fellowship hall. The room was packed. The table was packed with gifts. I thought, wow. I've never seen so many gifts in my life. The first box I opened up, if I never opened up another gift, that already was enough for me. It was a plaque for my wall. It was a verse written on it that God directly spoke to my heart. It was taken from Isaiah 49. Verse 15 and 16, that says, can a mother forget that the baby that she's nursing, though she may forget, I will not forget you. I have engraved your name on the palms of my hand. As I read that scripture, it seems God directly spoke to my heart. I said, thank you, God. And no matter what you are facing, God has engraved your name on the palms of his hand. Every time he moves his hand, he sees you. He sees your prayer request. He sees your tears. He sees the struggle you are facing. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. You know, my husband loves me a lot. We have been married this year, 38 years. And I say, you know, every time, sometimes we have double bookings. That means he speaks one place, I speak another place. If it's like that, he calls me, I don't know how many days, sends me text, text. Honey, I love you. You are the best. I couldn't live one minute without you. He just tells me so much. But he never knows how many hair falls every day when I call, comb my hair, and I throw in the garbage can. But God knows. He knows us that intimately. Though he is magnificent enough to create the whole wide world with one word, yes, yet he is personal enough to know when we sit down, when we stand up. I love my daddy God. 
I love and I sure I'm glad he did not forget this little girl. As Pastor read, I was hoping you wouldn't read because I was gonna, you know, tell a lot of the stories, but that's all right. It will prepare you. I was 10 years old. I heard the gospel message through American missionaries, through local pastors, through my grandmother. I asked God to come into my life. I fell in love with the Nazarene whose name was Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you are in love with God, give the praise offering this in this house tonight. I said, God, raise me up. Let me shake the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, in God's kingdom, nobody's useless to God. Regardless of your age, your background, your color, the family you were born. If you love Jesus, if you have passion for souls, God can use every single body wherever you are. I know pastors, evangelists, missionaries have a special calling, but we all have a unique calling. We need to let the world know that he's not just a national deliverer, but he's universal savior. And a lot of people are not aware of that yet. I said, God, count on me. I said, raise me up. Let me grow up real fast, God, that I can travel around the world and brag what a mighty God we serve. Of course, nowadays, I'm praying, God, please help me not grow up real fast anymore, God. Since I'm over half a century old, I'm praying, God, please slow down the days. Please slow down. If you agree with that, that you, you feel that it's going really fast the days, say a big amen. I have become somewhat slower. The other day, it took me 45 minutes to watch a 30 minutes program on television. <laughs> I have become somewhat slower. But anyhow, that was my desire. I thought, oh, God, raise me up. Of course, having lived in Middle East, having lived in my own country, former Soviet Union, you see, former Soviet Union had 15 republics. One was called Georgia, USSR. One was called Belarus, USSR. One was called Ukraine, USSR. There were others. The smallest was called Armenia, USSR. My view was Mount Ararat, where Noah's Ark landed. Of course, our history is very much like Jews because one million Armenians were killed in 1914 because we are a Christian nation surrounded by all the Muslim nations right there. And they buried them alive because of our faith in God. And we are, believe it or not, we are the first nation that became Christians, Armenians are. Having lived in the Middle East and also in, in my own country, Communist Soviet Union, we did not enjoy the freedom as you enjoy in this great country, America. That's the reason I love the month of July. I love the month of July because we celebrate freedom in this great country. I love that. I remember that after my brother-in-law was murdered, I went to see my sister and her four children. As I arrived to our Assemblies of God Church, Central Assembly of God, in that particular capital of that country, where you know a lot of Christians are being murdered even or persecuted even right now. I remember as I went there, the church was packed with converted Muslims because about over a decade or two ago almost, my brother-in-law was the general superintendent. He was Armenian like me, but his, his burden was to minister among the Muslim nation. And so many, so many times that common threatened his life, but one day he left the house, he never came back. The Muslims had picked him up and stabbed him 23 times with a sword and threw his body on the side of the road. I guess they thought by killing a Christian leader, they would stamp out Christianity. They would wipe the Christians off of the face of the earth. Little did they know that nobody can destroy the church of Jesus Christ. 
because Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and the gates of hell will not prevail the church. That's right. Persecution is not a mark of defeat, but a mark of victory. Persecution, like a wind, spreads the fire. I remember as I stood in that church service that particular week, two more pastors were murdered. One of them was prison, in prison for 10 years. The guards went bathroom on his face. They said, deny Jesus Christ, we will release you. He said, no, he said, I'd rather live in a prison with Christ than in a palace without Christ. Because he had learned, there is only one person that can enter into your life and give you joy when all your family is taken away. There is only one person that can give you happiness when everything you lose, you have in your house, you have lost. There is only one person that can give you peace. His name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you agree with that, give the praise of this house tonight. I remember as I was sitting on, in the pews right there, the song leader stood up to lead praise and worship. I noticed his head was all shaved. I said, what's going on? Because I'm sure a lot of you knew that travel around the world, you know that in some countries when you're in prison, the whole time they keep your head shaved. I said, what's going on? They said, he just was released from prison because of his faith. And the song they were singing was, nothing will separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Neither persecution nor imprisonment, neither hunger nor famine, neither trouble nor hardship. Absolutely nothing will separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. One more time, as I came back to this great country, I wanted to fall on my knees, kiss the ground in that airport, said, thank you, Daddy God, for this great country, America. Give their praise offering for this country. You see, liberty is a gift of great value that we realize the best when it is lost. And I pray we never lose the liberty that God has given us. I pray as believers in this great nation, we'll continue fasting and praying and standing in the gap for this great country, America. That was, I came back, you know, living in communist Russia, we have different kind of persecution. But I have learned, you know, that sometimes there is no testimony without a test. There is no rainbow without storms of life. There is no progress without a process. There is no victory without a battle. In communist Russia, I was a part of underground church. Of course, underground did not mean it was under the ground. It just meant we did not have beautiful churches like this with nice padded seats, nice lights, nice carpet, nice air conditioning. During communist time, our spiritual churches like this, that we love the Holy Spirit so much, we met each other under, yeah, because it was underground in different homes every night. But on Sundays, they combined lots of groups together. We climbed the mountain on Sundays at 7 o'clock a.m. And our service would be over at 4 o'clock p.m. Sunday was the day of prayer, fasting and worshiping God. As we climbed the mountain, everybody for a period of time prayed as we did right here. Because we had learned, as you had learned firsthand, that arguments never settle things, but prayer changes things. I had learned that. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That is when you pray, everything in heaven moves and God moves on your behalf. I know God moves mountains, but our prayers moves God's hand to move the mountains. I absolutely love to talk to my daddy God. The last five years, 
I put alone in my car alone, 175,000 miles alone. Travel all over the country, speaking around there and everywhere else. God opens doors. You know, out of that 175,000 miles, I calculate one mile takes one minute. 160,000 of it, I spend in prayer. I pray in the car. I worship God. I send kisses to my daddy God. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I love my daddy God. They say, Anush, what's the reason you're also always upbeat and bubbly in Russia? Do you drink vodka early in the morning? I would say it's the oil of the Holy Spirit. The more you praise God, the more you pray, the more you seek God's face, God just strengthens you. That's right. Give praise offering for Holy Spirit. <laughs> After each prayer time, we sang songs, worship God. You know, I have learned. People say, Anush, I don't have the good voice. You see, when you praise God, your voice is broadcasted all over and we all sound like angels. I love that. I love to praise God. It just stirs my emotions. Every morning I got up. You know, my, one of my mentors was my brother-in-law who died martyr's death. That his theme was rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I learned that secret. There is so much power as you start praising God. That's the reason when I came to America, I thought this praise and worship songs, you know, from taken from the scriptures. It is so awesome. I'm going to make a tape. In those days, we made tapes, not CDs. I'm going to translate all those songs into my language. Let them, you know, let them learn and start praising the Lord. There is so much power, especially in this country. We have so much to be grateful for. I remember one of my, my birthdays, August 16th. My husband said, honey, it's your birthday. Go and buy anything you want. That we can afford. That we can afford was very, you know, in, in small letters. You know, I'm a very conservative shopper, believe it or not. And I thought, okay. I went to a couple stores. One of them was a Christian bookstore. As I stood on the clearance rack, I love American clearance table and clearance rack. Yeah. I just, that's right. Like this, this thing in Steinmart was $75. I bought it on sale for under 20 So I'm very much into, into saving money and I enjoy it. It just, it just makes me feel good anyhow. So I thought I'm going to buy me a couple things. But one of them, I went to a Christian bookstore. I remember as I stood on the foot of the clearance table, I saw a box that said 97 cents. I said, wow, what is only 97 cents in this beautiful box? As I opened up this beautiful box, I noticed a nice new testament, all gold around it, all leather, right there on the bottom. They even engraved my first and last name in gold colors. Nice box, nice pretty shopping bag, only 97 cents. I could not believe my eyes. I stood in front of that table speechless. My eyes blurred. I was fighting back tears. I thought only 97 cents. My memory went back to my own pastor in Communist Soviet Union. When in those days, we did not have Christian bookstores. There were days that my pastor had to sit down and copy the Bible in handwriting. Just in case, KGB, that is secret police, came and picked our Bibles. And at least we had a written God, God's word. There were days that I myself had to tear my Christian books and share with different believers. There were days that our believers sold their jewelry. Their household furniture just to make enough rubles, that is Russian money, that they would just go and find a tourist who had brought a Bible in our own language for sale. That's the reason I love our fellowship. That, you know, we, they, they sent fire Bibles all over the world. And I was even blessed to be a part of a translator, translating a children's Bible in my own Armenian language. 
I thought everybody, as someone said, a person that will not read the Bible is worse than a person that cannot read the Bible. What a, what a treasure we have in our hands. I thought there were days that our, that my, our believers sold their stuff just to find one, one Bible. That's the reason every time I read my Bible, I say, thank you, Daddy God, for my own personal Bible. You see, because this word generates life, this word imparts joy, this word creates faith, causes miracles, overcomes adversity, cleanses your head, creates faith in your, in your heart. I absolutely adore the word of God. This is the compass I rely for making the right. It gives me direction. It's the counsel I get to make wise decisions. I love the word of God. Even if I had 1,000 lives to live, I still would live for my Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm just wondering in this sanctuary, how many of you have more than one Bible? Raise your hands. More than one Bible. Next time you have your own Bible, jump on your feet, fall on your knees. Or if you can't, just sit there, raise your hands, say, thank you, Daddy God, for my own personal Bible. How blessed we are in this great nation in America. After each praising God in Russia, we heard a minister preach the gospel. Then we sang more. We prayed another session. We heard the second preacher. Then the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. Then at about four o'clock, everybody on Sunday morning as we would climb the mountain at seven o'clock. And the service would end at four o'clock p.m. Sunday was a door prayer, fasting and worshiping God. Then at four o'clock, everybody broke the bread. We shared what we had. Sometimes all we had was not the barbecue chicken or the nice, what is that, Ken Kate's hamburger or all those, you know, chicken fried chicken. But sometimes all we had was cucumber sandwich and tomato sandwich. That's the reason. Every time we go to a church, every time I check my rear view mirror in my car, I see no KGB. No secret police following us to the church. I said, thank you a million times, Daddy God, for this great country, America. If you did not see any police following you to the church, tonight, give the praise offering this house tonight. I was very active in our underground church, but my desire was burning. I said, not, not only God let me touch Russia, but let, let me touch the whole wide world for the kingdom of God. So I was in my college when I was a teenager, six American missionaries like Greenaway and Blissies and some others would come to tea and if they, we would invite them into our house, I was, as a teenager, I would, I said, please give me your clothes. I would wash their clothes. We did not have washer and dryer, of course. And my grandmother, sometimes I would stay in her house. We did not have electric iron. She had one of those irons that maybe some of you have seen. I don't know. It's made out of, uh, out of um, uh, not metal, but uh, what's that word? Uh, iron. It's, it's, a, it's a special iron that you open up the lid, put some hot charcoal in it, and close the lid. What's that made out of? That uh, Not brass, but uh, not metal. What? No, not copper, but anyhow, I'll, I'll, I'll think of that later on. But um, anyhow, he would then, then she would close the iron, and then she would uh, cast iron. It was made out of cast iron. And then she would, you know, I had to put all of that, then iron these missionaries' clothes and give them back to them. So I beloved the missionaries. I thought this is exactly what I want to become. One day I'm going to grow up real fast. I'm going to marry an American minister of the gospel. We are going to travel around the world and share the love of Jesus. They said, oh no, sure, crazy. This is communist Russia. Nobody can leave Russia. 
Imagine this is four decades ago. That's 40 years, 50 years, you know, during that time. There's no news, nobody can leave Russia. Besides, there are trios of barbed wire fence around the whole Soviet Union. Even the birds that try to fly the overseas, the guards shoot them. Nobody can leave. I said, I know that's the fact. The truth is, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> Praise God. I said, God, I'm your, your, your girl and you are my daddy, God. If my desire, I submit my desire to you, Jesus. If it's all right with you, God, this is my love. I said, when I grow up, I'm going to marry an American minister. But God, there is none in America. There is none in Russia. I said, would you please show my name, my face, my address to an American minister of the gospel. This is 40 years ago. And I thought, God, you brought Rebecca and Isaac together. In those days, we did not have computers like you have over here. So I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I fasted so often. I was seeking God's face. I said, God, I love you more. You know how much I am in love with you, God. But that's my desire. God spoke to my heart vividly in other ways that, he, that falls within his will for my life. Anyhow, one day I was on my third year of college. And I went to our underground church. The room was so packed, you were not able to find a seat to sit down. Sometimes our young people would stand up like this on one leg to create another space for another visitor to come and hear the word of God. As we packed in like sardines, someone said, Anush, guess what? There is an American missionary evangelist who is the guest speaker in our underground church tonight. I said, oh, goody, goody. I was so excited. Anyhow, they, they were looking for someone to interpret his sermon. Since in that particular house meeting, I was the only girl that was studying, of course. English was also one of the subjects I was studying. They, they said, Anush, get up and translate your, his message. I got up there. Half of the message, I understood very well. Other half, I did not understand. I made my own preaching and preached for the missionary that day. <laughs> At the end, he asked me one question. He said, young sister, he said, what is the desire of your heart? I said, brother missionary, I said, the whole world knows my desire. I was an athlete and I played 10 years of basketball. I swam for competition. And if I was the captain of our team, I would always call my team America against Russians. I just loved English language. I loved American accent. I loved everything about that. So... I, I, I told him, I said, you know, this is my desire since I was a little girl, grew up real fast, and when is the time right with God, and, and I'm already ready, you know, if, if, if it's all right with God, that's what my desire is. He said, oh, he said, that is fantastic. He said, I have a brother-in-law who is a youth minister in California. He has been praying to marry a born-again, on-fire Christian girl, and God has showed him whom he should marry. I said, oh, really? I said, what's his name? He said, his name is Alan Bullock. The moment he said Alan Bullock, there was a wedding in my heart. I said, Alan Bullock, I don't know who you are. I don't know where Southern California is. But someday, I'm going to marry you. We're going to travel around the world and share the gospel. The rest is a story. One day, people say it has, they have to make a movie from Russia. I know there's to Russia with love, but ours would be from Russia with love. It's a fantastic story. I think, you know, it's a fantastic story. People have told me all over the country, they need to make a movie. They need to make a movie. I said, you know, we will see what happens. But anyhow, uh, we started corresponding, and God did other miracles that, because of time, I'm not going to go in detail. One day, I came home from school. There was a telegram. Alan sent me a telegram, proposed me to marry him. He had to come to America. This is almost 39 years ago. Russia, 
Latin Americans are number one enemies. They wouldn't give him paperwork. I would say, I would go to the office. I would say, comrade, my fiance is American. What kind of papers he has to bring? He would say, oh, we invest so much money on you in college, going to school, a thousand, try, one, only one thousand, try and one hundred get accepted. And you are wasting our money. And they wouldn't let me, wouldn't tell me what kind of papers. I would go again into my room, close the door. I said, Jesus, you said, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Your father openly will hear and answer them. I would just pray, God, please show Alan, please. They won't let me. They tell me what kind of papers he has to bring, all in English and in Russian. He goes to a travel agency in those days to buy a ticket. Someone is there from former Soviet Union. Then to make a long miraculous story short, this guy knows perfect Russian. He knows every paperwork. He says, don't worry, Adam. I'll help you. As a matter of fact, they do papers together and they fly to Moscow in 1976. Again, the whole thing is a story of its kind. He got, he got to Russia. KGB followed us everywhere. They tried everything to cancel God's plan for my life. But soon, every communist leader learned. Soon, all my professors found out. Soon all my neighbors and relatives found out that when our God speaks, everybody has to be quiet. When our God acts, everybody has to get out of his way. When our God moves, nobody can hold God's hand back. Because the bottom line, the final say so, belongs to a heavenly mighty God. Give the praise offering this house tonight. They tried everything, but they learned. One born-again Christian, like you and me, plus God is majority. We won the battle. We got married. My dad said, I'm going to give the biggest wedding Russia has known. He even, believe it or not, rented the guy that went to the moon, his car, for our wedding car right there. And we got married on a 7th century church in 1976 in the former Soviet Union. The rest is the story. They sent Alan back after our married three days before his time was up. We got permission because all the paperwork has to go to Moscow. It's just a lot of red tapes in communist Russia. He, uh, up three days, his time was up. We got permission. We got married. Then they sent Alan back to America. They said, it can't take, if we give your wife permission, it can't take up to 10 years. You see, when all of us, we pray, we lack the answer to come. Right there and right then. It seems the word tomorrow has become a dirty word on our vocabulary. The other day I saw a sign, Brother Des, that said antiques made while you are waiting. You see, we live in a fast-paced society. We want it and we want it right now. If you don't get it, <clears throat> you are a very smart congregation because sometimes some congregations do not get that. You are give your hand for being such a smart group right here. Anyhow, they tried everything, but... Uh, they, they said, it can't take. I just prayed, 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 prayed. I just prayed. There were days I would say, God, it's very hard. God spoke to my heart. While you're waiting, make your waiting room into a worship room and your prison into a praise room. And in due season, I would bring it to pass. You might say, Sister Anush, when is my due season? I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of fasting. I'm tired of agreeing. I'm tired of doing this and that. When God knows you are ready, everybody else involved is ready and it fits into his overall plan. When that time comes, absolutely nothing can hold God's hand back on your behalf to move. And with God, all things are possible. Because when he ordered that Red Sea moved back, stood like a wall. Like when the last Israelite walked on the dry ground and the Egyptians came, God said, 
waters come back again. They said, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. They covered that. That's some kind of mighty God you and me serve. I waited, 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 waited. Almost a year. One day, I was in, of course, waiting every day, praying and fasting and waiting, waiting, waiting. I was on my fourth year of college this time. I guess God knew that my degree would, later on in this country, I would be using for other, other things. Teaching in a military school in Carmel, Monterey, California to FBI, CIA and different soldiers. But anyhow, I remember as I was waiting one day, I got a phone call from a Russian officer. They said, comrade, Markosian, come to our office. When I got this phone call, you see if you live in that time, trust me. If you get a phone call from a Russian officer, you shake like a tree. What have I done this time? That followed me so much that when I came to America, it took me one year how to get used to living freedom. I remember as I climbed there, as fear came over me, from other side, the word of God came into my defense. The word that says, when you stand in front of courthouses, when you stand in front of judges, do not be afraid what to say. Because in that given moment, the Holy Spirit will talk through you. Some of you teen challengers, I know we have worked with teen challenge in different centers around the country. You know, sometimes you have to go in front of a judge and you're saying, I don't know what he will say or what she will say. Do not be afraid. Your destiny is in the hands of God. And God can make a way where there seems to be no way. <laughs> As I got there on the top, he said, Comrade Markosian, that's my maiden name. He said, Comrade Markosian, sit down. I sat down right there. Again, I lowered my head. Under my lips, I started praying in the Holy Ghost. When I was 14 years old, God baptized me. When I was fasting, praying, I thought, God, I don't know, sometimes for hours I pray in the Holy Spirit. And that's what it gives me power to stand up and, and just proclaim what a mighty God we serve. I stopped. As I was praying under my lips there, he opened up his drawer. He said, Comrade Markosian, we just received your permission from Moscow. You are free. You can go to America and join your husband. If that's right, let praise offering this house tonight. I picked up that paperwork. I wanted to fall on my knees. I wanted to worship God. I was saying, God, I love you. I said, Daddy God, you are the only God that endures forever. I said, Daddy God, you are the only God that your kingdom will never be destroyed. Your dominion will never end. I said, Daddy God, you open doors, will go all over the world and declare your glory among the nations and your mighty deeds among the people. It was September 1977. God brought me out of communist Russia, joined to my wonderful husband, Alan, gave us two beautiful children, our daughter who does missions all over the world. She just came back from Thailand for Dr. Mark Rutland. You know, I'm sure, for, her, for his organization. She was, before that, based in Norway for one year, traveled to 20 countries, Eastern European countries. She's a professional counselor with master's degree. And our son lives in Southern California. And from that first week on, when I arrived to America, what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, regardless of her group, size, Denomination, as long as they're Christians, of course, God has opened us doors all over the universe to go and proclaim what a mighty God we serve. Little did I know, when I was praying in my bathroom, in my bathroom floor, 
That's the only room I had to myself at times. Saying, God, please raise me up. Please, please. I want to really grow up fast and travel around the world and share about you. Little did I know when I was reading God's word. Under my blanket with a flashlight. At times with a candlelight because I could not leave the light on. The whole family was asleep. And I would say, God, please let me memorize your verses. Now I have to memorize the third time in English language. As I speak publicly, you know, around the country right there. Little did I know that on this day of July the 16th, 2014, I'll be standing in this awesome Bethesda Community Church where we make our home church, just proclaiming what a mighty God we serve. Give the praise offering this house tonight. In closing, I just want to say, please love, fall in love with Daddy God. Please give time to Jesus. Please, when you stand, wake up every morning, fill your lips with thanksgiving. Fill your mind with God's promises. Please know that your disappointments, sometimes it's God's appointments. Please know that not only your steps, but your stops are ordered by God too. Please know that God loves you. He has engraved his, your name on the palms of his hand. And when you are going through hard times, remember that for every valley you are going through, there are two mountaintops. Remember that no matter how fire your trials are, God has his hand on the thermostat. He knows how much we can handle that. Please do not give up on the brink of your miracle. Let's stand up on our feet, please. I don't know if our musician is here to play something. If not, that's all right. We all can just close our eyes. It's about nine minutes till eight o'clock. I think we all can spare five more minutes. I just want all of you, if you feel like it, raise your hands up and count your blessings one by one. God, what an awesome God you are, Jesus. I love you, God. You are the best daddy, God, in the whole wide world, God. Millions of dollars, God, the whole wide world. Treasures of the kings and queens, God. It's not worthy, God, with your one finger, God. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We honor you, God. You're awesome in this place, mighty God, Jesus. Draw us closer to you, Jesus. Set our feet on fire for you, God. Set our lips, God, on fire for you, Jesus. Forgive us, God, for at times complaining so much, God. For taking things for, for granted, God. Remind us over and over again, God, that even in tragedies of life, we can't look back what we have lost. Be hateful about it or we can't look back what we still have left and be grateful about it. Thank you, Jesus. What about I surrender all my, my brother? Thank you, you Jesus, God. We just praise you, God. We honor and you, God. Let's your name, God. My voice to worship.